This podcast is brought to you by the New York Academy of Sciences, where brilliant minds come together to spark innovative solutions to global challenges. We've talked often on this podcast about creating what's sometimes called a STEM pipeline, a kind of pathway for helping young people who have the talent and drive to become great scientists, great engineers, great inventors, or great mathematicians, to realize that talent. And one of the things we're proudest of here at the Academy is creating the Global STEM Alliance, or GSA. This is a coalition of hundreds of organizations who are working together to make sure that we're finding those talented young people, whoever they are, wherever they might live, and whatever their circumstances might be, and giving each of them the support and resources they need so that they can achieve that dream and make a life in the sciences. And every year, the GSA holds a summit where we bring together high school and college students from all over the world who are involved in the Alliance's programming to meet each other in person, network, exchange ideas. And for this podcast, we took the opportunity of having all those remarkable young people together to interview some of them about their lives and their plans and their passion for science. In what follows, we'd like to introduce you to four of them. Four extraordinary young women, each from a different part of the world, who are each committed to using their passion for science, engineering, and math to make the world a better place. Let's start close to home with Talia Zanes, a 16-year-old high school junior from Syracuse, New York, just a few hours upstate. She's been participating in the Alliance's Junior Academy program since she was a freshman, and her love of science has blossomed specifically into a love of medicine. I would love to be a doctor. I've had some... Um, my sister was hospitalized. I have three younger sisters, and we're all very close. But one of my sisters was hospitalized um, uh, about five years ago. And when I went to go visit her, I remember the machines, and I also remember the people. And it was the people that got her out of the hospital that made me realize the intensity of being a doctor, and it's not just about knowing the science and about learning things in a classroom. It's about you're really in the real world with people, with sick people who need your help. And that's just kind of resonated with me, and I want to be able to do that for other people. So that's kind of my mission, is to be able to help people and also do what I love, which is learning science, but applying it. Why do you enjoy science and math? <sighs> There's just something about it. I mean, I think whenever I go to science class whatever the subject that we're going to be talking about that day I know I'm going to love it and I've also been really lucky to have really good science teachers and math teachers um, but it also it just makes sense and it's always just made sense to my brain um, when something's didn't it just it clicks with me in a way that other subjects don't Shanice Araujo grew up moving between Puerto Rico and the suburbs of Boston she's now a junior at the University of Massachusetts Boston and a member of our NEXT Scholars program. Her passion is for engineering, specifically computer science. Well, growing up, I was mostly around my older cousins who always, um, like, just digs in motorcycle and go-karts and four tracks and use, like, fix their engines and 
fix other friends' engines, and I was always around that environment. Did you help with that? Did you learn how to? No, I was too shy to even say, what are you doing, or what's that for, or, you know. I just looked at it, and in my mind, I was just really curious. And so how did you get over that shyness and start getting your hands on things? And... It, it, grew, it grew mostly in high school, my interest, like, my interest again in electronics and robotics and all that stuff. Was, was there a moment or an experience or something you can remember where you really were like, oh, yeah, this is in, what I want to do? In robotics class, we mostly started with robots with wheels, four-wheelers. Um, they were really small. They were like a four-by-four four size. Um, and he made us code like to move them in a square shape or a triang- uh, triangle shape or diagonally in the, um, on the floor. Um, and then we moved to LED lights to make him make sounds and make it um, shift lights. Um, and my love for computer science just grew from then on. What's so great about computers? I love that there is zero limit. There is no rule that you can that you need to follow. It's very broad. It's what you want to do. I hear in the news all the time that someone just was in the room coding, they learned how to code by themselves and they built something amazing and you know, they're so young and they're making a business out of it. Um, you can code anything and anything you want. It's you can learn it at any age. I was introduced to it differently. I was I you know, I I had no computers at home when I was younger. It was all soccer, bicycles, eating ice cream. Um and not that there's anything wrong with ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and I love to keep growing every day. I love to learn new things. And with computer science, you can never stop learning and evolving as a person. Madison Park, a junior academy member and recent high school graduate, discovered her love of physics while growing up in a very religious household in South Korea. So I was always asking my parents, like, why this this thing work like this but they were they're like very um hardcore buddhists so they were always um explaining me something related to buddhism or like religious stuff and i I just didn't like that at all well give, give me an example of a question you would ask your parents and maybe the unsatisfying answer they would give you and then the more satisfying <laughs> answer you found later so like it was it was something like very basic so i was just sitting in the back seat of my dad's car and he just um pressed this um accelerating button or something and the car i had to spill this water and i was like why does this water spill or like why do I, why do we always have to like um be under control of this car because i was very young i did i know nothing about any like acceleration or anything so he was like that's because like as we as we try to like go faster than the normal speed but once this like middle ground it's like nothing extreme but like middle ground stuff so like just some some stuff that just didn't make any sense so i was like no no (laughs) (laughs) so on, I remember on my 11th birthday, my dad actually bought me this like physics like book or like textbook for kids. And I was like fascinated by that book. So starting from that point, I really started to 
um, do some more like readings and research on physics, like mechanics basically. And then I just move on to other science topics. And then as I grew up, as I learned more about like serious math, like advanced math and science, and even like a bit of like data statistics or like computer science, I, I just loved lo the, all the logic behind the process and it just made sense. Sion Abebe is a high school senior from a small city in Ethiopia and a member of the GSA's 1000 Girls 1000 Futures program. She had never even considered a life in science until one day in class when she heard a story about a female biologist. The first lesson of biology taught me that I can be a scientist. The lesson is about renowned biologists, scientists in Ethiopia. And I heard from my teacher, my biology teacher, about this lady. And her biography really touched me. And she faced many challenges. And, but finally, she was able to be a professor, what she wanted to be. What, what were some of those challenges? Like, um, most of the time, the challenge you face in my country is the belief you have in the society. If you, have, you don't have any support from the society, you can't do anything. And she was able to pass that backward tradition and the belief, and she managed to pursue her, her dream. What, what are some of those, um, you used the word backward, what are some of those backward ideas, do you think? There are practices like adoption. It is called Telefa in Amharic. And most of the girls in my country, when they are at my age, they are forced to marry a big guy twice or three times older than them. And they are forced to get pregnant and be a housewife. And the people in my country believe that women should not learn. They should be at home and feed the, their childs and their husbands. What did you do in high school to try and get through those difficulties and try and get yourself ready to go to college and have a different sort of life? Uh, I, uh, I was able to participate in a STEM center found in my city. It's a small center, but I, was, I got the chance because I was a high achiever in my school, in my grades, and I was committed to do more uh, interesting things in the lab, and I sacrificed my time, even though it touched my studying time, and, but I sacrificed my time, and I walked over two kilometers by my foot, to read that STEM center, and it's it took me a lot of love, money, money to reach there. Uh, as I am from the fa a family uh, which is raised by a single mom, it's hard to get money to read there. Tell me about your mom. She stopped learning when she got married to my father, and she faced many difficulties. Even I was able to learn by getting scholarship from my school, uh, from grade five up to grade 12. I have uh, the school, I was able to recognize my potential and they were willing to give me a 
scholarship and uh, I was able to study like that. That's and how does your mom feel about what you're doing? She's very proud of me and I have been doing many things to make her proud and I'm happy to see her being proud of me. Why why science? Why was science what inspired you? I found myself very interested doing new things, finding new things and exploring. I wanted to try new things and I wanted to solve many problems. I, I understood myself that engaging myself to this kind of activities will help me be happy and being a scientist is what makes me happy because it's full of discovering and traveling and exploring. And for all these amazing women, the programs of the Global STEM Alliance have opened up new doors, created new opportunities that they wouldn't have had any other way. Here's Ms. Park. So like Junior Academy, even if it was online, it was my like entry, entry way to this bigger world. Before this, I, I, just, I was just absorbing a lot of information from like different information sources like Google or like textbook or books. But like I, and when you reach certain point, you, just, you like sometimes want to create your own thing or like come up with your new ideas using, the, using some information you already know. But like I, I couldn't find any like connections or like resource to do that or initiate my own project or like do some creative stuff. I, I couldn't find any connections, but through this program, I met a lot of a lot of intelligent kids from all around the world who, are, who share the exact same interests with me, and who I can actually have a conversation um, about like science and my interests. And it was just so inspiring. It was meeting a whole new, rich, rich resource for your like life. It was, it is one of the best thing I've ever done so far. And all four of them have been doing real research, using these connections to invent and create things that have genuine potential for solving real world challenges. So we started, we, cho we chose this energy challenge. So um, we, we ch the problem we had to solve was to decarbonize an energy generating process, just using solar energy or wind energy or any kind of energy, like renewable energy um, method. And we came up with this idea of developing a paint that can like absorb solar energy and convert it into electricity using thermoelectric materials. And it was, it involved a lot of like chem chemical, like engineering research and material science research, which I had like no idea. But like through this program, I learned a lot about different branches of sciences. Here's Ms. Zanes, followed by Ms. Abebe. The very first kind of session that we had, we started off with a little boot camp that kind of ran us through different like scientific principles and how to conduct research and how to record it, and then also how to prototype designs and then how to create a final presentation. And then um, we got all set up on Launchpad, and that's when we began our first project. Um, I worked with three amazing teammates, and we're still in touch today. We worked on other projects, uh, two girls from Scotland and a guy from Michigan. Um, and so we designed a wearable that helps um, find people after disasters and helps provide those people with directions to um, CPR and other health-related activities. 
what was it? What tell me more about that? That's interesting. So we called our we titled our device OctoAid. Um, so we basically the key to the product is an RFID tag, and so the people who go out looking for those who are injured or missing after natural disaster, if they're wearing this watch, the OctoAid, um, the RFID tag uh, will notify the search parties with a receiver and therefore they will know that there's somebody in the rubble who needs help. Um, and there's also a special button on the side, it's a help button, so people can push that if they're in need of immediate help. So that way the search parties know that they need to get to the people who need immediate help and they can differentiate who needs more help than the other people. I have done a research on testing the antimicrobial effects of a toxic weed found in my country. It's an exotic plant for my country and it's like a headache for my country's farmer. It's very toxic and it's bad for agricultural lands. Uh-huh. Most of the lands in my country are agricultural, and my country's economy is based on the agriculture. So I want to dis- uh, avoid this herb from the agricultural lands, and instead of throwing it away, why not be used as a medicine? And my first experiment did went well, and I was able to win a science fair competition held in my STEM center. Uh, by this research, and I'm willing to continue until the end. So you discovered that there is an antimicrobial yeah. property of this this particular plant that people mm-hmm. were throwing away. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you how did you go about studying that? How did you find that? It was just an observation in my society. I saw a boy using this plant. There is a juice coming out of the plant uh, to cure uh, to dry out the rotten wound. So he hurt himself? Mm, yeah. He cut himself and he was using that? Yeah. To ah. dry out the wound. So I hypothesized that maybe if there were, uh, this plant hasn't, uh, hadn't had a antimicrobial effect, the wound won't dry it out because there are many microbes in the wound. So I thought if this uh, herb stop the bleeding and dry out the rotten wood wound, then it might have killed the microbes in it and I tried it with bacteria for the first time. I used three t- kinds of bacteria, E. coli, Staphylococcus and Streptococcus, mainly causing the pain in, my, in our stomach and it went really well and it, it did kill the bacteria. That's so interesting, and, and um, is is there an opportunity to to maybe use that discovery? Are people running with that? Do you think? Or yeah, uh, the next process of this research is to separate which uh, which part of the weight can hurt and harm the people, and which can be used as a medicine, and it can be easily re- used after doing chemical analysis by determining the exact chemical which can be used as a medicine. I'm going to do that this summer. That's fantastic. And not surprisingly, all of these women have big plans for the future. 
So I'm looking at grad school, getting my master's and PhD and whatever higher degree I can go for and more. In computer science? Degrees, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my major because I have an interest in NASA, FBI, and working for Google. And I don't do know. Do all three. <laughs> I hope so. And so where, where do you think you might go to college? I don't know. I'm confused. Um, my family believes that I should go to medical school in my country. And, but I want to study organic chemistry and I want to be a druggist. A druggist? Druggist, yeah. I want to discover many, many medicines. A medical uh, researcher? Yeah, I want to be that person. But if I am a, just a doctor, I am always treating people. Yeah, it's a great, a great career, but me, I want to discover new things every day. I want to engage myself doing new things every day. So I am confused that if I got a scholarship abroad, I'm going to study organic chemistry. Uh, but if I'm staying in my country, I'm going with medical school. If you could go anywhere for, to school, where would you go? What would be your first choice? If you could pick anywhere in the world. New York. Yeah. For sure, yeah. As of right now, my dream is to work in a hospital. Um, so I've actually just started volunteering at Upstate Hospital in Syracuse. Um, which is amazing. I just had my first day last week, so I was kind of shadowing and figuring out like how things work because there's a billion different elevators and it's very busy and very complicated. But I really loved it because you're, you get to discharge patients and I've learned that patients' favorite thing is to be left. They love leaving the hospital. So that's exciting to bring kids out to the front door so they can leave and wheeling people out. So I do that. We transport um, samples to the lab and we just kind of run things wherever they need to be run but i think it's really good it's really shown me the hustle the real hustle and bustle that happens behind the scenes this, this whole entire idea of solar energy and renewable energy engineering just got me and i saw a lot of potential and like um i'm actually ex extending that interest to like space engineering like building rockets building rockets and like building anything that could be useful when doing Mars civilization. Mars? So yeah. Oh, colonizing Mars. Yeah. Wow, why? Why that? Um, this is a very personal story, but I, I've always been the biggest fan of Elon Musk, and I've always followed his like, ideas and all that stuff. And I was just, I thought his idea to like, we're, it's basically starting a new world in in a whole new planet and I just thought it would be awesome if I could like contribute my idea or like technology on developing that entire colony. Wow. So would you would you go to Mars? If if you know if they have I won't be the first one to go, but like I am definitely interested in um, getting into more of those like space engineering and like aeronautics as well. Um, using renewable energy. And for all of these young scientists, this summit, the opportunity to gather here in New York City at the Academy and meet with like-minded people, has been a life-changing experience for all kinds of reasons. Here's Ms. Zanes, followed by Ms. Abebe and Ms. Araujo. I had never met my teammates in person uh, because we're all over the place. So that was absolutely amazing to really to meet them face to face. Um, and not over uh, a video chat. 
So meeting the people, I've met people from all over Singapore, Scotland, people all over the United States, um, China, New Zealand, Finland, everywhere. And it's been absolutely amazing. I've never had an opportunity to meet so many people from all over. And it also brings so many new perspectives in. The summits have really allowed me to experience things in a whole new way by learning more about other people and where they come from and their cultures because I feel like we lack that nowadays. We're kind of ethnocentric and we're not, I feel like we don't learn enough about other cultures and it's really exciting for me to get to know other people and work with them. Have you been out of your country before? No. What do you think of that? Is it exciting? What do you think about that? Very exciting and interesting. What's interesting about it? I was really amazed by the this, the view of the country, the buildings, and it's, it's really a good experience to be here. It's been amazing. I actually won the travel scholarship where we had to submit a video um, to talk about an issue that women face in the computer science field. And I submitted it because I that would be the only way that I would be able to come here. Here's an excerpt from her video. One of the issues that is very important to me that women face in the tech industry today is the gender gap. I started seeing the inequality of men and women in the science field in high school when I was in robotics class, where there was only three girls, including myself, and the rest were boys in a classroom where there were 20 plus students. And then it continued on when I went to college and there were still three, two to three girls. A way that I would want to resolve this issue is by creating computer science-based programs that targets, targets girls from middle school to high school that introduces them into the science um, and technology field. And I've been to New York a couple of times before, but for just this opportunity is amazing. Like I would sit in my hotel room just staring at the ceiling, being so grateful to be here. Tell me about what you've been doing and who you've been talking to in the last couple of days. It's just amazing how this program is so broad and it brings people from so many different countries with different perspectives, different ideas, with different goals that they want to do. And, you know, meeting in this one organization is incredible. Thanks for listening to the podcast of the New York Academy of Sciences. It was written and produced by your host, David Hoffman, with scientific and administrative oversight by Selena Morgan Standard and Chanel Bonavito Martinez. All of the interviews in it were conducted at the 2017 Global STEM Alliance Summit. Special thanks to the scientists we spoke to, Talia Zanes, Shanice Araujo, Madison Park, and Sion Abede. For more information about the Academy and all of its programs, as well as to listen to other podcasts, please visit www.nyas.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and follow us on social media at NYA Sciences on Twitter and Instagram or the New York Academy of Sciences on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a member of the New York Academy of Sciences, where brilliant minds come together to spark innovative solutions to global challenges.